Get excited because we are rapidly approaching the kickoff of the rebirth of the Backyard Brawl. And while Pitt is coming off their best season in 50 years, really, despite some changes, of course, Addison gone and Kenny Pickett with the Steelers in the NFL, Pitt is the favorite. Pitt looking to have another crack at an ACC championship. West Virginia, on the other hand, coming off of maybe one of their worst seasons in the last couple decades. A lot of question marks around the future of the program, whether it be in the Big 12 or what conference they may end up in. We've touched on all of that before, and we'll talk about that another day. But right now, it's about the present day for West Virginia. And can Neil Brown turn this ship around? Pressure on him entering year four to finally get this program climbing and to stay there. And also now JT Daniels in the fold. So no more Jared Daigie. JT Daniels now the QB for West Virginia. But others have left the program. What will the outcome be of that backyard brawl? Well, we'll get there eventually and talk about that eventually. But right now on this episode of Mike Drop here throughout our Sports Now family of network. But of course, for WV Sports Now, as you see with that logo up there in the corner. Don't know where. I'm pointing it probably the opposite of where I'm pointing. We are going to touch on the initial preseason depth chart. So that does include, of course, hearing about JT Daniels and where the rest of this roster shakes out right now. That doesn't mean that's how it's going to be when they do kick off for the backyard brawl and open up this new season. That doesn't mean that's how it's going to be when preseason really gets underway and we're done with Big 12 media days. It doesn't mean it's how it's going to be even in Neil Brown's mind as we speak, (laughs) as you know how this goes. But that is how it is right now. That is what has been released. And a lot of this maybe is him trying to send a message to certain players, maybe trying to set competitions with certain players, maybe try to make it clear he's not handing anything to certain players, even if he really is. And that goes back to JT Daniels. But we're going to talk about all of that, of course. I'm Mike Oste here. And I got to tell you, without JT Daniels, the excitement for this would be diminished. With Jared Deggie, this would be diminished. But from a West Virginia perspective, he at least gives this team a chance, even though, of course, the expectations are around the four or five win total, some going eight plus. Not really sure how you're getting there, but that would be potentially pie in the sky as things stand right now. But having JT Daniels, having some few a few other pieces, having maybe what could be part of the defense that maybe gives this team a chance, even though the schedule will get tougher after an early season, relatively easy skid besides of course the brawl and you have that Virginia tech matchup, but West Virginia is coming off a win over the Hokies. So I'm going to start with offense, go to defense, then go to special teams. Feel free to chime in here. I'm going to do live shows occasionally. If I don't get any action, I'm just going to give you my thoughts and my thoughts currently are on WV Sports now breaking down each segment, offense, defense, and special teams so far on the site there in written form. So, of course, let's start it off. It's what everybody wants to know about, what everyone's talking about, what everyone's thinking about, and, and why there is any expectations really or excitement around this program now with the rest of question marks that still exist. And this maybe is that part that can save things for Neil Brown because, yeah, Nico's there for the future and the QB situation maybe is okay recruiting-wise for the future, but he got to get there. You got to still be the coach. You got to figure things out and get more wins right now. You do bring in a top recruit who's had big, major program, big-time conference experience at USC and at Georgia, and injuries derailed him at both both stops, and Georgia eventually won a national title with the man that replaced him. So 
He now is looking to save his college career, save a chance at the pros, and Neil Brown looking to potentially save his job at West Virginia while save a program that wants to get back to glory. A lot of pressure on all different sides, but they come together and it makes sense. As it stands now, though, Neil Brown's not going to hand it to him. So that's why you see JT Daniels or Nico or Garrett Green, etc. That's where you have that's what you have to say right now. That is what it is right now. So JT Daniels is not currently slotted in there at QB1, but let's make this clear. Will Crowder also in the mix there? JT Daniels or Will Crowder or Nico or Garrett Green, I believe, is the official order that Neil Brown put it towards. It's irrelevant. Okay. JT Daniels is QB1. You do not bring in JT Daniels to not be QB1 week one. You do not bring in JT Daniels to sit on the bench. He's running out of time. He got to save his college career. He's the top prospect. He's the veteran. He has put up numbers and has thrown bombs going back to USC. Yes, he's been injured a lot, and maybe he'll get injured again. That's why maybe there's a reason for some pause with everyone out there saying eight, nine, ten wins because of him, and nothing's guaranteed. We will get to the weapons or maybe lack thereof in a moment here. It also will all be about the offensive line and keeping him upright and keeping him healthy. But it also goes to the offensive coordinator and Graham Harrell, who being there with him provides him some relationship, some chemistry, some continuity, some familiarity that you usually don't have when you transfer into a program. So Neil Brown, who was that offensive guy, hasn't had an offense work at WVU except for, say, playing LIU. And even Kansas, it didn't really work out that well. So he needs to do more offensively. It, 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 the whole offensive guru tag is, is well gone. So he now has taken that humble pie and brought in Graham Harold, who's a young offensive mind, who is also big-time conference ball experience as well, and a connection with JT Daniels. That helped him get JT Daniels. That's part of how JT Daniels could have success. This offense will live and die by JT Daniels and Graham Harrell in conjunction with each other much more than Neil Brown. So if the offense isn't scoring, this might not be a criticism of Neil Brown any longer, but he did make the decision to bring these guys in, which is big. And, you know, the other pessimistic view out there is if West Virginia would have a season that some are saying, as some pie in the sky people are saying, more fans than, say, publications, of eight-plus wins, and JT Daniels all of a sudden is throwing bombs again, and Graham Harold is showing what the offense could be with a similar group but a better quarterback. Is Graham Harrell now getting looks around the country? Is he now becoming an attractive commodity around the country? He's still a young man. If he can quickly fix that at this program with that guy that had floundered looking to save things with all the pressure that's there and do it his way, different plays, that's a big deal. So that maybe would be a big deal for him. But again, you're going to see JT Daniels all year if you think there's going to be any success for West Virginia. Garrett Green last year, going to Garrett Green here, because I know that that was maybe what some thought before looking into recruiting before JT Daniels came to be. That's what some wanted last year. Even. Some called for Garrett Green to replace Jared Deggie midseason. And Jared Deggie put up some numbers at times, but of course he wasn't really that guy that felt you like you felt like you were going to win at a high level with. He also made too many mistakes. But Garrett Green, even going to last year, didn't get hardly any pass play packages went in. They mostly were run plays that maybe he would then roll out and try to pass. He would convert a couple of them. He rarely was brought in to actually play quarterback. It didn't appear Neil Brown was too thrilled with him, just reading be between the lines and the tea leaves of those press conferences last year. Not that he was mad at him, but wasn't impressed with him is a better phrase. 
in terms of giving him the keys to that Cadillac or Honda, whatever it is, and actually letting him air it out. He didn't show enough in practice to air it out and to have more pass plays either. So that's a concern there. I'm surprised they didn't transfer out, to be honest. That was a rumor a while ago, skipping classes. Maybe he was upset. I'll tell you that from behind the curtain. Thought that was going to happen. It isn't, so he's a part of this. Nico's for the future. He's a true freshman. You don't want to see a true freshman right now. You can believe all you want in him in the future. He's going to be a part of this future, maybe even next year, depending on how long JT Daniels is around. Certainly two years from now, it's likely going to him with or without Neil Brown. But I got to say, you don't want him right now. You don't want to go into the backyard brawl with a true freshman. That's why they brought in JT Daniels. Anyone saying you made JT Daniels mad because you bring in a guy and I'll make him wait. You didn't. He's still there. He's fine with it. This is a, a, a situation that Neil Brown had to do to kind of save his situation. So he's there for Nico. Hi, Joey, by the way. Uh, how, how are you as well? Um, and I won't read the rest of that. But, yeah, that's a little slogan that Mountaineer fans do say to Pitt. What you're going to hear more of, maybe you're going to hear at high, or I'm sorry, AccuShore <laughs> Stadium, I almost did it there. The formerly Heinz Field, where I covered the Steelers at Heinz Field, you're going to see it at AccuShore Stadium when West Virginia comes to Pittsburgh to kick off the season in the rebirth of the backyard brawl. And regardless of conferences and all of that, and you're going to have it for a few years, then have a dip and have it back. Uh, Neil Brown spoke on this at Big, Big 12 Media Days. You do always want that. And yeah, no matter the conference, even if they're never in the same conference, never the ACC happens, you can yeah, – I'm not saying give yourself a brutal lot of conference schedule because you're going to have enough in conference, certainly if you do leave and you're ever in the SEC or anything like that. But you can fit Pitt in. It's a game you can win, but you also can lose. It'll count for something. Maybe you fit something else in, some cupcake games in, depending on what conference you're in, maybe one that's okay. Don't want to have it be too brutal of a schedule, but this – it feels right. So, Joey, I, I appreciate that. I, I won't say it all, but you guys know what I'm alluding to. It's uh, it's about eating something, I guess, to pit fans. So, how are you, Joey? But not only is it about the QB play, and it is about JT Daniels, because it is. It's about him, Graham Harold, etc. It also goes to the running back position, because the offensive line needs to really improve, but when they improve, they got to help. They got to help. JT Daniels, but also got to help the running game. Tony Mathis Jr., not too much experience there. Not many carries. I believe, what, 90 carries at this point? You saw him in the bowl game. What does that show you? Okay. Big shoes to fill for Letty Brown, who had a little bit of an off year last year after having a great season the year before, and maybe some could say that was the offensive line that was the problem. That puts pressure on them again to step up this year, and most of that is solidified, by the way, despite maybe one battle that I'll get to in a moment. But that's a major question mark. Obviously, he's the top dog right now on the depth chart. That's interesting that they're already out there. So it's not really anything that anyone can wonder. He's certainly the guy. Justin Johnson Jr. is number two. Jalen Anderson, number three. It's going to be the Tony Mathis show. Obviously, they're going to maybe try to involve others because is he a guy that really can handle the rock like Letty Brown did? It might depend on the offensive line again, but he's an unknown. And the idea was for... Lynn J. Dixon to kind of compete and get in there and make it a thing and maybe get some carries himself and either split time or become the featured back. He was a transfer from Clemson, but he then left the program before ever playing a game. So it's Tony Mathis sink or swim. And that is a concern. Absolutely is a concern. Maybe absolutely more of a question mark than the QB situation, because at least JT Daniels has put up numbers and shown you what he can do when healthy at other programs. 
Tony Mathis, it's his time, and he's going to be the starter, you would figure. Moving on to receivers, though, this is a big deal as well. And this is a part of maybe a little bit of a chain with the Graham Harrell offense. So the Graham Harrell offense is really going to hinge on the slot receiver. He's going to involve a lot of these receivers. He's going to want to air it out. He's certainly going to believe JT Daniels can do that. He saw him throw bombs at USC with him just a few years ago. So Bryce Ford Wheaton Jr. or Bryce Ford Wheaton is going to have a real opportunity here to step up. He's really going to have a real opportunity to step up. Not junior. Tony Mathis is junior, by the way. But Bryce Ford Wheaton is going to have a real opportunity to step up as that X receiver. He's the true wide receiver one. He's the veteran. He's put up numbers before. He's the big play potential guy. He should step up and be even better now with JT Daniels if things go right. And in the Graham Harrell offense. He should be that big play guy. He needs to step up this year. He needs big plays, and he can do that. But you also got to look for the slots position, which now is Reese Smith with Sam Jones going to the Y. Caden Prather, by the way, is the Z receiver, and I'll give you the rest in the depth chart over there at WV Sports now because obviously it's really when you're looking at receivers, it's about those X, Z, H, Y, those top four, really, as they figure out the offense and, and scheme against. But yeah, others will get looks and will get time. But Smith is going to be a big deal as that in that eight spot, because that's the slot position for Graham Harrell in his offense. He will use it. He absolutely will use it. Um, you know, go to for the Steelers, for example, if you're talking about who's going to replace Juju in the slot. He didn't want to be there, but he was there. And is it Claypool, whatever? Deontay Johnson, for example, is the outside. Claypool's the slot. That's what makes sense. That's probably what's going to happen for the Steelers. Think of it now with Bryce Ford Wheaton outside, wide receiver one, and Smith in there at the slot, and the rest will kind of figure it out, spreading out the offense. So that's a big deal for sure, is who will be the slot when the season starts, figuring it's Smith, and how that position will perform, because that's a big deal under the Graham Harrell offense. And Bryce Ford Wheaton got to give you more. I'm not saying that he's not been the number one, but a de facto number one because he's at WVU. They need even more from him, and there's an opportunity for more from him. Yeah, the name change. It's hard. I mean, I, I, look, Atty sure is about money. It's about money. So PPG Paints is now the Penguins Arena. It was Console Energy Center. Names changed. They could they could change quickly in only a few years of having been there. Hinesfield had a sweet deal, okay, for 20-plus years. They had a pretty sweet deal. They didn't want to pony up the money that Akishore put up. There's a Steeler connection there with a Steeler fan that's involved. It's a Michigan-based company. Who cares? It's about money. So petitions, being upset, all of that, it's not going to matter. It's hard to remember for sure. Manning will always think of it as Iron Field, but I'm not going to cry about it. So I see that's going on here in the chat. Yeah, it's going to be hard for me to remember too. I almost said Heinz Field, to be honest with you. It's Acton Shore Stadium. It's where the Steelers play. That's home of Pitt as well. And yeah, maybe you're not going to like him if you're a West Virginia fan, because obviously they're going to line with Pitt now. But that's just the name. That's the name. It, you know, names change. Things are not forever. And yeah, they could go... Art Rooney Field or Three River Stadium again, or Art Rooney Field at Accushore Stadium, uh, Art Rooney at Accushore Stadium, whatever you want to do. They don't want to do that. They put up the money. It's up to them. They don't want to do that. So it's all I'm going to go uh, about that. And uh, that would be interesting. Gotcha, Joey. No problem. Happy to have you join me there briefly. Feel free to also comment after this video is posted archive. Also, of course, head over to WV 
sports now. So no problem there. I know you said you have a meeting, so I'm going to, yep, there you go. See, I can flip it. Visit WV Sports Now right below. Joey will do so. After this show, you'll see this show. You'll see the written analysis. Everything will be there. That's the point of this. That'll be where our coverage is off-season, all season long here of Mountaineer football, basketball, everything else here with West Virginia Athletics. And we, of course, are part of the Sports Now family. Subscribe to all of these channels that you're seeing this, Pittsburgh Sports Live, WV Sports Now on YouTube, etc. Even mine. I think I threw it there as well, my personal one. But going back to the depth chart, so again, it's all about Tony Mathis. Can he do it? It's an unknown, but it really hinges on the O-line. We haven't seen enough from him to really evaluate, but we will certainly see. And then you go to the receivers, as I mentioned. Brace for Wheaton, a lot of pressure, needs to step up. It's really about Reese Smith at the H, but maybe that'll change. Sam James is maybe who I thought would be in the H spot. That is a big deal in the slot. For Graham Harrell going to tight ends here. And this is interesting. This is interesting to me. Um, so right now you have Brian and one and Mike two. And I'm going, I'm talking about O'Lawton right now. Number two. So O'Lawton is number two. And obviously he's the, he's going to probably be the starter. So Michael O'Lawton probably is going to end up being the starter. He's coming off an injury. He's needing to repair himself from an injury. This almost looks like he needs to work his way back into the good graces because he's coming back from injury, figuring he's probably going to be the number one here. But this also could be a big deal to move the chains in a Graham Hill offense. Um, and and Brian Polidini right now is slotted in there as the number one spot tight end wise. But will that stay? stay? How long will that stay? That's a major question for sure. I'd imagine then Mike is going to eventually become the top guy once we kick off the season. That's something to keep an eye on there on the tight end side. And then offensive line, this is where it's all about. It's an underrated part of any football team at any level. If the offensive line does not click, the rest of it can only give you so much. The ceiling is only so high. So despite a veteran at QB and unknown at running back, some veteran presence is at receiver and some others that are unknowns, a different offensive system now with Graham Harrell, a coach who's given the keys away a little bit and certainly question marks the tight end just because of the health formerly of a guy who right now is listed as the backup there in a one, two spot on the preseason depth chart. The only battle here, and I'll let you read who actually has these spots because they're pretty much a given for any West Virginia fan. Doug Nestor, of course, the major name that you're aware of there at right guard. That's a player that has potential to always be an all-Big 12. Even Zach Frazier, who I believe is an all-preseason Big 12, he certainly has potential there at center. And if JT Daniels has success, it's because the O-line protects, it's because the receivers and him click, it's because him and Graham Harrell work well together again, and because Zach Frazier and him have chemistry and develop that necessary chemistry between center and QB as well. So Zach Frazier, being that best O-lineman overall, gets the center spot again. He played center last year after the year before, playing guard so that's a big deal and that's a position that i'd imagine is solidified the only real battle on offense especially offensive line really is probably the right tackle position there brandon yates or jayquay hubbard right now are listed as or which means there's no decision. The same thing they have with the QB situation, which, of course, Jake Daniels is really QB1. That's just doing it to not hand him anything, as Neil Brown said. He's not going to hand it to him without working hard and without earning it in the preseason. But Brandon Yates right now is listed as a starting right right tackle. 
I would think it stays that way, but it'll certainly be interesting. That's one position that's not solidified. That is something that people got to look at to, to see who actually starts there. But Zach Frazier at center, that's the biggest deal. Nestor, of course, biggest deal. The rest of it's all it's all going to be what it is. There's no changes really to it. But I definitely will say that that's something to look at for sure in terms of the right tackle position. And now, and again, WB Sports now, well, it's not actually down there right now. I'm trying to, doing these live makes it a little bit more of a thing to finagle. But WB, WB Sports now, bottom of the video, head over. You can find all this written wise. It's pretty easy to go there. Uh, again, you can find all the written analysis and breakdown of these pre-season depth charts, as well as the rest of our coverage. Now, to go over to the defensive side of the ball, you're going to have some pressure on some guys to step up there. And the interesting thing to me about the West Virginia defense, there are some expectations this year for this defense to be underrated and maybe also carry this team to some of these win totals that some people think are possible to happen. A lot of this hinges on JT Daniels, a QB, and him and Grant Harrell. But the defense got to play well, and there are some that really believe in it. And, and I'll get to this in a moment, but some really believe in the combination at linebacker. Obviously, Dante Stills still there. Charles Wood's still there. He's getting a lot of love as an all-preseason Big 12. That all could lead to a solid defensive unit for West Virginia. And by the way, the reason why this team has not been great the last couple of years, it's not been on the defense, okay? The pressure there is on Neil Brown was supposed to be a guy who could help the offense. And yeah, they're coming up Dan Holgerson where it's just points galore and not much defense. You bring in Neil Brown, he's supposed to be an offensive guy. And it's basically been defense and not enough offense. And this goes into even a couple years ago. They entered a season after the Vic Koenig controversy. And if you don't know it, look that up. He was a longtime assistant coach. He had a relationship with Neil Brown. He was brought in by Neil Brown to kind of fix the defense and make him the defensive guy. Neil Brown could kind of give him the keys there. Obviously, he said some things maybe he shouldn't have said, or there were rumors that he did. A relationship with a former player. Didn't really seem to click because of all of that. And he had to be dismissed. And that was emotional by Neil Brown. I know this for sure from speaking with people that were really in the know there. That was something that Shane Lyons let him have rope and just leeway and make the decision on that. But that was his kind of mentor and guy he brought in to do it there. So that was a tough situation. That was a tough locker room situation. And they entered that season. And for the first few weeks, we're one of the top defenses in the country. That's, it sounds insane, but that's true. That was the case. And then, of course, maybe the season didn't end the way you'd want, but you're looking at that's a bowl win over Army. So it's at least a solid bowl situation for the Mountaineers. And I believe that was the year that, that led to that. But regardless, right after that scandal, it was a solid year for West Virginia defensively. It even was a solid year last year defensively for the Mountaineers. Okay, The Mountaineers defense, look at that Oklahoma game where they're only allowing the Sooners, what, 13 points? They didn't win, but that's a pretty solid offense with a QB that was supposed to do something, and your defense steps up and holds the Sooners. West Virginia's defense has not been the problem the last few years. Has not, factually. Look at the numbers. West Virginia's defense has not been the problem. The offense has not given them nearly enough. Nearly enough. That got to change for this team to actually get to not only six, which I think has to happen for Neil Brown, and I touched on that, on a past show about his future and whether or not he should be in a hot seat, but seven, eight, nine, it got to be about the offense, but the defense you would expect to play well, they've been okay. The defense has again, not been the problem, but all of the defense really, as you would expect hinges on Dante stills. 
He was supposed to be gone two years ago. Okay, Darius still has been long gone. Dante was supposed to be as well. Dante stayed last year to kind of beef up his stock in the NFL. He made that decision. He's coming back again to do the same. So he's now the true leader. These two years are his first years of his football life that he does it without without brother. So he's now the leader of this defense, and it's all about the front for West Virginia. Maybe these are some weaknesses in other spots. Maybe the secondary is a bigger weakness, you could argue, certainly more than D-line or linebacker. But Dante Stills is a leader of this. He's going to put up the numbers. He's going to have the big games. He's going to have the, may- the playmaking plays. You got to figure if this team goes anywhere. And he's been the last couple years. But they need him to go to a different level, even. I think they even need more out of Dante Stills. And then you got to get protection otherwise. You got to get something from the others, certainly from the DN position there with Alston, Sean Martin, etc. Got to get some pressure on the QBs. Got to get some sacks. Got to be able to stop the run, which maybe has been a problem for West Virginia at times. But Dante Stills is the guy. This is all going to hinge on Dante Stills. Can he get to another level? Can he get enough around him? So that's a big deal. And you go to the linebacker position now, and this goes into a situation, and Lance Dixon here is the guy to look at here, but maybe for West Virginia have one of the top one-two punches at linebacker in the conference. If not the country, that's what some are saying. Who knows if it'll get there, but there's some pressure. There's an ability here. And really, this is about the one-two punch as well, obviously, with Lee and Dixon. If if they go deeper into this, if you're seeing much more time from the rest of it, then you got some problems. West Virginia really could have a top-fledged linebacker group, but that is what a lot of this hinges on as well defensively. You go to cornerbacks, you're going at Andrew Wilson and Charles Woods, of course, the L and the R in terms of cornerbacks. Again, like the linebackers, you're going to have to see a lot from these two. And Charles Woods is a all-preseason Big 12. So the expectations are there for him even more so. And you got to get production from them. I would think the secondary is weaker than the than the front, than the D-line, maybe even than the linebackers. But Charles Woods certainly, at the end of last year, really stepped up. And that's why he's getting preseason love right now. Maybe not as much prior to that. But if he can turn that up a little bit more or even carry over from where he was last year, the secondary will be better than some think. That will help the defense. And maybe this defense can carry the day and create some turnovers. Can they create turnovers? Charles Woodson needs Charles Woods needs more of that. Needs to do it like Charles Woodson uh, did it back in the day at Michigan and the NFL. So that's a big deal. But I would still say the secondary maybe is the weakest part for the defense. And then you go to the safeties as well with Burks and Floyd, Malinger, Again, it's part of maybe a weaker part of this defense in terms of the safeties, in terms of the secondary. Woods maybe could carry the day in terms of creating turnovers. They need more production, obviously. You need Aubrey Burks to step up. He right now is the is the starting free safety, which is a big deal. Kind of think, uh, you know, Troy Polamalu, Ed Reed type of thing. He's going to be flying over the place. You kind of need that from him to be able to cause some havoc there defensively. I don't know if that's been there enough. And again, which I feel like as we pause and as I now transition to special teams in terms of this depth chart breakdown, the initial preseason depth chart breakdown here for West Virginia, for Neil Brown, I will throw up a reminder yet again, sorry to annoy you. Again, visit WV Sports now for all of your coverage throughout this offseason and season. But 
Now you go to special teams, and you may, you know, don't turn it off. You may go to special teams. Ah, it's not the excitement of offense and defense. For West Virginia, it can be. For West Virginia, it is, actually. Uh, they have an all-preseason Big 12 member on special teams. You know who that is. That's Casey Legg. Has the name that fits in with the craft and with the job, but he's been doing more than just being a fitting guy off his name, okay? Former soccer player transitions to kicker at West Virginia. Where have you heard this story before? Pat McAfee, obviously, it worked out very well for him. Became an NFL punter, punted it, and kicked off in a Super Bowl, and now is a media giant. He's a media tycoon, obviously, signing WWE contracts. What do we have a story, by the way, on WWE or on WV Sports Now? We wish it was on WWE, actually, but WV Sports Now. He's with WWE. Casey Legg, one of the better kickers in the country. Certainly one of the better kickers in the conference. Certainly one of the more underrated kickers in terms of accuracy. I believe he only missed four kicks all last season. Didn't miss an extra point. Was 100% extra points. That's what you want. And he kicked almost a 50-yarder. I believe a 49-yarder was his longest. So Casey Legg is a great weapon for West Virginia to have. And this year, he doesn't have to worry about kickoffs or anything else. He's going to be in there as a place kicker. So he will kick field goals. He will kick extra points. He will drill them. He will be money. And West Virginia now will have a kickoff specialist. That'll be a big deal. That'll be a difference. That'll be a boost maybe to this West Virginia special teams unit. That'll be a big deal as well. And then again, it really is all about Casey Legg. You need him to repeat what he did last year. Certainly, if they do score more often, he has more extra point opportunities. He needs to continue to convert them, regardless of what the percentage is. You want him to have more opportunities, but he needs to convert most of them, to say the least. And then certainly, they need more touchdowns than field goals. But when they get down there and it has to be a field goal, you want to have the confidence in Casey Legg. And you certainly do right now. So... Parker Grothos, though, is the kickoff specialist for West Virginia, and that should be a boomstick for WVU. That should be a big deal to take that off Casey Legg. That combo should be solid, but Casey Legg, one of the better kickers in the country, certainly in the conference. So that's a big deal for West Virginia to have. And again, preseason, all Big 12 with Dante Stills, Charles Woods, and Zach Frazier. Those were the four, so one of them is on special teams for WVU. That's a big deal to have that. So... Going down and, you know, you go to Ole Straw at punter. That's an Aussie-style punter. So it's a true freshman Aussie-style punter. I'm not going to lie and sit here being credentialed or not that I can tell you much analysis here. Haven't seen him do it. Obviously, that maybe gives you some pause when you have an Aussie-style guy. Maybe you're concerned. That's going to be entertaining if nothing else. But, of course, it's very, very important if he goes out there and can't be accurate because a lot of the Aussie-style can really kick it, can drill it, but can they be accurate? If he can't be accurate, your field position is going to be a problem. That's going to be an issue for you. So you have an Aussie-style punter and only, and only straw. That'll be remain to be seen. But that'll be entertaining, if nothing else. Sam James is the kick returner and punt returner. He's the guy, if you're going further in the depth chart, and Jalen Anderson, by the way, is listed in there as the number two, at least as the kick returner. Davis Mallinger listed as the number two for punt return duties. So it's interesting that if it's not Sam's, who is the guy for both spots, you now have a different guy for kickoff return and punt return. That's interesting rather than just have a one or two punch for both. So it shows Neil Brown doesn't really have much confidence in terms of a backup doing it or doesn't want to have to rely too much on that guy because he is relied on to do other things, both on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, Mallinger and Anderson are going to be heavily relied on for other things. Sam James who, again, we talked about the slot position move from the H to the Y, maybe a little bit less important to the offense as a receiver, but really going to be important as a kickoff return 
returner or punt returner because they need to be able to have solid field position for themselves, for JT Daniels, for Graham, for Graham Harrell, for Tony Mathis Jr., for the O-line, Bryce Ford Wheaton, etc. They need the position. That was a problem in the past for West Virginia, so that's a big deal. Pressure on Sam James to step up there. And Holder, just hope they have steady hands. I, I, I did put that in there, by the way. That's just reading literally off of what I had written. But, of course, that's all you would have got what you got to hope for in terms of a holder. But this is really all about West Virginia improving in a few key spots. Okay. Can they go from six to a mediocre bowl game in which they didn't even win? Can they step up and give you enough, even though the schedule will get a little harder at the end of the season from it being pretty easy early on besides the brawl? You beat Tech before Kansas and Townsend. At minimum, you got to have two wins out of your first four. Figuring your your two and one going into Tech could easily win that in three and one. And Somehow, some way, if you upset Pitt, and I'm not predicting it right now based on the spread, based on what season Pitt just had in comparison to the question marks around WVU, I got to be reasonable here and logical. Probably three and one, two and two, worst case. But I think you got to have the three wins out of those first four with the rest of the schedule if you want the year that you want to have for most of you fans out there. If you're going to get those eight wins that you're saying, you got to get three out of those first four because the schedule will get tougher. They need to swing some of the games they lost before to say Texas Tech and Kansas State, who's going to be really good, by the way. Mike Farrell joined us on our show last week, really talking about what Kansas State is bringing back and what they really could be. So that might be hard. You beat Texas before, but will they ever be back? That'll be a thing. You never can beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma State will be there. It's going to be a hard schedule, Baylor, the rest of the season. You win those games early. You worry about the rest. You try to swing a couple. But the key things here for the depth chart, the initial depth chart, what we can look at here, JT Daniels is going to be QB1. He will be QB1. He's not listed there now. They don't want to hand it to him. Neil Brown doesn't want to hand it to him, especially do a transfer. He was, he's obviously QB1. He didn't come to be anything but QB1. They didn't bring him in to be anything but QB1. Tony Mathis Jr., a major question mark, not tons of experience. We just don't know what he'll do with the Rock. And as the starting running back, this is the year West Virginia beats Oklahoma, Jacob. Well, I see you there in the chat. I don't know. I don't, I don't, well, there's incontinuity with, at Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley obviously going to USC. There's an incontinuity there with the whole quarterback controversy from last year bleeding into this year. But guys, there's tons of talent still there. It doesn't matter who coaches. And I'm not taking away from Bob Stoops, who's a Hall of Famer, or any other coach there, but there's tons of talent there. It's Oklahoma. It'll it'll be harder for them in the SEC, but we're still in the Big 12 right now, and it's Oklahoma freaking Homa. There's tons of talent still there. I don't know if I can go that far, but they were close. Remember, that was a great defensive showing from the W defense, and again, the defense has potential to be even better this year. But key spots, West Virginia got to improve. Got to have the QB situation be what many think it can, and that's Graham Harrell also in terms of JT Daniels. That connection got to work. I'm not saying he got to throw 3,000-plus yards and be maybe what he was supposed to be at USC or coming out of high school, but got to get close to it. Got to be throwing bombs again. Got to be able to air it out. Have big plays. Be accurate with the football and stay freaking healthy. But that got to improve. Less mistakes, too, because Jared Deggie made too many of those. Got to improve at QB, what many think they will with JT Daniels. You figure you're going to. Tony Mathis Jr., question mark at RB. Can Bryce Ford Wheaton step up? Can they get something out of the slot position, whoever's there? Can the O-line be better? Because that hinges around it all together. They got to get a kickoff return game going with Sam James. Is that going to work? They got to get that. They got to have field position be right. Casey Legg got to complete what he did last year again as one of the better kickers in the country and now just doing it as a kicker instead of having to worry about kickoffs too. That's big, but he got to repeat himself. Casey Legg got to do it again. 
for, for that to be big for West Virginia. He got to be that secret weapon special teams wise as a place kicker who, again, is a preseason all big 12. So should do it. Only missed a few kicks last season. And then the defense, again, you're going to have that one, two linebacker punch you're talking about that many feel you should have. If you're a West Virginia fan, you're going to get more from the secondary besides Charles Woods. You got to get turnovers. You got to do something and create there in big plays outside of just Woods. And then of course, Dante stills, can he go to another level? and get to where his brother was at WVU if he really wants to get to the pros because West Virginia has him now for two more years than they thought they were going to have him. All of this, though, tons of pressure on Neil Brown this year. A lot of question marks still remains to be seen before the backyard brawl. We're less than 50 days away now from kickoff, the rebirth of the backyard brawl. Not too many battles, to be honest with you, except for maybe right tackle. Obviously, there's one at QB, but it's going to be JT Daniels. If it's not, you really got to wonder what the hell went on <laughs> this offseason, to be honest with you. That would be wild. Um But it all hinges on how JT really plays and how him and the coaching staff work, and at least there's continuity with Graham Harrell. So that'll do it for this edition of the show. Again, find us at WV Sports Now as I throw the banner back up there. Find us at WV Sports Now. Subscribe to wherever you are watching or maybe listening if somehow you're running and have YouTube premium and you can just put it in the background like I do. Fine. But subscribe to any of these channels that you are consuming this content on. Also find me on Twitter at MikeOsti11 on Twitter. Of course, our outlet at WV Sports Now. Follow us on Twitter. We're all of this gets promoted and, and certainly lives. It's free to go over there. So I don't see why not. And again, WV Sports now for all of our offseason season coverage. We're going to be in the know for sure about what's going on. And we will take you to the Backyard Brawl and then beyond. I do see one more in the chat there. Okay, I'm looking for Graham to call 20 to 25% of the plays, which moves the O-line, scream sweeps, reverses, etc. in order to not let the opposing defenses take advantage of our weakest spot on offense, the line. Yeah, the line has been the weakest. That's why some said Letty Brown had such a bad year last year. You figure they'd be a little bit better. There's not much competition there. Zach Frazier and company should be better, more experience. That should be improved. How him and JT Daniels connect is a big deal. And, of course, Nestor and company. That should be better. But will it be good enough? That's a major question. And Graham Harold, yeah, again, I expect him to be heavily involved. I don't know a percentage, but heavily involved in this offense. You got to figure there's no reason for him to be there otherwise. I'm not saying that all of a sudden Neil Brown is just going to say, go do whatever and not even look at things. He's the head coach. He's the CEO. It's a major program looking to save themselves. He got to be involved to save the program and himself. But it's really a lot about Graham Harold and how him and JT Daniels connect. And if there's success early, there'll be more of that later. You would imagine more plays from him with their success early. It'd also be interesting how many of those Graham Harrell plays get in early in the season. What they work on preseason, how much gets in early in the season, and then do they linger and have more the rest of the way, or do they wait and have it not be that much early on? They don't want to give much away, and they work towards it in game action because it's always been said at any level, a coach, QB, etc. You can only do so much in practice or simulation. You got to get in a game have the defensive scheme against you, have them rushing you, audibles, et cetera, changing it up at halftime. So will you see more of that in the middle of the season, more of that at the end, more of that at the beginning? Because this might be more than just a one-year thing, certainly with Graham Harold and likely with JT Daniels as well. But a lot of pressure on those two to connect. i got to be at least 25% of the plays, I'd imagine, if not more. But I'd like to see a lot early on because I wasn't impressed with what Neil Brown put up offensively the last couple of years at WU, unless, again, you're playing – LIU, so a lower-level team. And even going back to Troy, as 
our, our Logan Carney brought up on one show with me recently, even though Neil Brown was supposed to be an offensive guru and was prior to Troy, when you get to Troy, look at some of those stats, look at some of those numbers, look at their record. They won a lot, but more because the defense, like the views been better on defense, the offense still wasn't really great there either. So the whole offensive guru thing, that's gone. We'll see what Graham Harrell now can do. One last in the chat. Well said, Jacob. I appreciate you joining me. I appreciate the chat along there. So got some chat action here. I like doing these live. I'm going to try to do these live every Thursday afternoon. So if anyone wants to uh, keep tabs again, subscribe, go to our site and you'll get notifications. Follow us on Twitter. We'll let you know when anything like this does happen. That'll do it for this edition of Mic Drop, where we detailed the roster breakdown, the current depth chart, what I think is going to happen and where we are now and kind of reading into what the message is being sent by these initial depth charts. Again, I'm Mike Asti and or Asti and for all of us here throughout the Sports Now family of networks, that's my mic that I'm picking up because I just dropped the mic again this time on West Virginia's initial preseason depth charts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.